Golight presents Murder Most Irish. Today about a man called Mon is it Monshan Manigan? Is that how you pronounce his name? Who? Uh you'll know him to see he's a crazy Irish bastard. Manshan Mangan. Well I tell you I haven't got a fucking clue. Oh I I love this guy. Well, I, I know when I see him. him. Here, I'll show you him. Maybe I'll know him when I see him, lads. Anyway, I was listening to him talk about his life, but like what he specializes in, like Irish history, Irish language, and Irish mythologies and legends and like our folklore. Mm-hmm. And he was, was telling about, he's like, I was really disillusioned. And he was like, and I just was like, didn't want to live. Like, I knew as a young kid, I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to have a mortgage. I didn't want that life. I yeah. didn't want, nobody wants that, by the way. Yeah. Um. And so he was like, I went look, he had said like the funniest statements, but he was like, so I went looking for enlightenment. And he was like, and I met this guy on my travels who, in, from Germany, who was like, there's a, this cave in India where you feel the most enlightened power you'll ever feel in your life. And okay. I was like, how many drugs are these people on? So many. Anyway, he was like, so I went there. And he was like, and he was like, I don't do drugs. He was like, but I was re- I was reading these books that were talking about like being really pure and purification and ex- and feeling that sense of enlightenment and like connectivity. And whilst they were feeling that way, they were drinking their own piss. Excuse me? <laughs> okay, I did not know that, that was going yeah. there at I all. didn't know where it was going either. I was like, when he said it, I was... Drinking their own He was own like, I, was, I wasn't drinking anybody else's, but I was drinking copious amounts of my own piss. And I was like, what? Is that and safe? Apparently. So I then went down like a wormhole of being like, is it safe? So apparently, it's safe to eat your own poo. Oh, good Lord. If- but it's not safe... To eat it the second time it comes. So if you eat poo, yeah, and then from you poo, yourself, and then you poo out that poo, yeah, you're not able. It's to not eat. safe. It's, it's not highly toxic. It's, con- it's contaminated. Then. Yeah, it's highly toxic. And apparently, with with urine, uh, apparently it's safe to drink your own urine because it's sterile. I when I was really I don't really, understand the benefit of no, it. No, neither do I. When I was really young, I remember one time I was home from sick, and I was living. We were living with my granny's at the time, and I was home from sick, homesick from school. And I was sitting on the couch. I remember Big Breakfast. Yeah, I loved Big Breakfast. So I was watching Big Breakfast and I was sitting on the couch. My nanny's couch was like there and the TV was there. And I would, like I had a blanket on me and I was really sick. And uh, there was a guy on it who, and they were like, just had a guy on it that drank his own piss. Big Big Breakfast was the weirdest show. And he took a big swig of the piss and I went, <laughs> all over the floor. And my mum was like, what's wrong with you? And I couldn't even explain to her. I'm after watching a man and half eight in the morning drinking his own piss on the television. Like I was so, my stomach was in and not watching it. But I know a lot of people do drink So this piss. is Manchan Magan. I've never seen this one. So next life. week's episode, I talk about him and his family. Him? Have you never seen him? I love this guy. Manchan Mangan is an Irish writer. Trevor. I've never seen this stuff before. Does he have really long hair now? No, there's somebody else I'm thinking no. of. Jesus fucking son looking yoke, isn't he? Yeah, he lives in um he lives in Longford. 
fuck. Of course he fucking lives um, in You know why he lives Not in Not surprised Longford? by this at all. Um, and he built his own house made of straw. Like I can just say to you right now, because I'm from Longford, every single person that I've ever met in my life outside He's of Longford. not from Longford. No, but outside of Longford, that is, and I meet them and I'm chatting to them and they're like, I'm like, where are you from? And they're, and they're mental. And say I'm from Longford. I'm like, yep. <laughs> absolutely that pans out completely um yeah so he lives and he i don't know if he still lives there but when he came back to ireland he bought he got 10 acres in longford in the town like no it's like in the outskirts of longford and he um built a straw bale traditional house because he wanted to be he didn't want a mortgage so he wanted to live off the grid and he got ten thousand pounds at the time from his grandmother, who I'm doing the story on next week. Remember the woman I was oh, like, have you ever heard about yes, this woman? Yes, 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 Okay, this is all um, making sense now. It's yeah. the reason that man is the way he is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I just feel like if I drank my own piss, I wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go around going, guess what I did on Tuesday evening. It's kind of like you're drinking your own piss now, to be honest. Oh, don't ruin the wine. <laughs> It'll be another fucking big brother situation. But yeah, like, I've never seen him before. I've actually never seen him. Have you not? He's no. so incredibly smart. Regardless of the piss situation, he is just entrenched in language like no one I've ever listened to. And he's not an academic, he really but he cares absolutely about. should be. But he's like, well, academics just shouldn't exist. Um, oh, he's feeling like that. Yeah, and he's like, honestly, he's just such. A, I have to. I could listen to him speaking to, for hours. Grew up in Ballsbridge, Dublin. Oh, don't do the Yeah, I don't do that. Shocker. Where is he? Um, Where, oh, okay. They've got his house here. Yeah, looks like she There's another house he burned down. So he's built two houses because the first one he set on fire. Because it had a fucking thatched roof. Because <laughs> the whole thing was made of straw. There's a reason that we not, don't do it anymore. Not just the thatched roof. The entire thing was made of straw. Um, um, I always love the Tatch Cottage in your mum's village, but I know no one lives there because you can't get well, them insurance. Well, it's been bought and sold so many times. But you can't get house like it's yeah, near impossible it, to get Tatch um, house insurance. It's honestly been bought and sold so many times that house. Like every now and again, I'll go home and mum will be like, "Oh, so and so's after buying the house," and then I'll go back and they'll have sold it. Yeah, but nobody ever takes the roof off because that's the appeal of it to most people. Because most people that buy it aren't from where we oh, live I don't think people really understand people the, like, will come in level from of, like, like I think there was Americans living there before yeah. and like people will come in and be like oh my god a thatch cottage now it is beautiful don't get me wrong and there's another one up the road from where Kerry's granny lives and Ashley's granny lives and that's beautiful too but like it is that thing where there, where there's the idea of it where it's like oh a thatch college in a tiny village in Ireland Yeah, and you're like that's not working no and they although require- my mother will tell me it does work they do work, but they just require a certain require level a of maintenance. Lot. And then you have to, to get someone every couple of months to come over and be like, oh, and put I'm the reeds in. Hatching your roof there. And like- then um, also, they like, I know I've said it, but they're a massive fire hazard, massive which is why hazard. they're near impossible to get in church. Do you hear about our, the buildings across the road here? You know, the, the Crescent buildings? Um, I think you told me about it. Mm. That they're it's a massive fire hazard. Crazy. And they've asked um, the people who own the properties to pay 67 grand each to fix it. And they're like, no, we won't be doing that. How on earth is it? How on earth have we gotten to a place <laughs> where the responsibility of the builders is now laying on the people who, who bought, buy the, the property. bought the properties at the at the value that and they were like fully th- all efficient okay. and, and the fire proof, like everything was put in place to make sure that if a fire did happen, it would a be okay. A fire officer signed off on the building, and then the, from the council, I think the fire department like went in and did like a random you know they do random checks in apartment mm-hmm. blocks and we're like literally if there was even a slight incident this entire building will go up 
That must be terrifying that for is people. terrifying. Like, you know, and also it's quite scary for people that are renting as well because I know they're probably like, right, well, they're asking my landlord to pay 67 grand. So my rent's going to go up. So my rent's going to go up or he's just going to kick me out and sell the place. Do you know what I mean? So like, there is can't that. Sell now, can't sell it now, but. can It's fucked. Like, and that building is massive. Massive. It's huge. Like, it's fucking humongous. But it's weird because our building is fine. The Academy, the Crescent, whatever the other one is. Um, we're fine. This is the one that faces out into that mazy thing. So you know when you're, if you walk up the, not the last set of steps, the set of steps before it. You know, so so you know. Yeah, the middle one. Yeah, you walk up there. It's that building right there. It's that one. As you walk up the steps, it's here. Oh, okay. So you can see it as you walk up the steps. It's that one. So yeah, it's shit. Like, I feel bad for everybody that's living there. But like, imagine being like, you have to pay six, seven grand. No. No. No, and then the guy who's over the apartments was like, I'm not making any money. I'm losing money in these apartments. Sir! The management company guy. Fuck off. Like, suck a dick. Here's the thing about the management companies. <coughs> management companies are fucking crooks. Oh, fraud. I, every year, like the miserable fucker that I am, ask for a state of accounts from my management company. And I go through them with a fine tooth comb <laughs> and I divide them by the amount of houses that we have in the estate fucking Karen here. yeah no honestly <laughs> and I'm like if you're going to charge me this amount of money and then tell me that you can't repair anything in the estate yeah what is the point of you so why aren't they repairing stuff so their response back is always that people aren't paying their management fees but when I've done like so a little while ago someone asked me to be head of like the like neighbours association yeah. that like do interact with them but the other thing about management companies when I was reading up on them and when I read up on the one that looks after ours and I would say it's the exact same here they do this thing where they change oh in, yeah so they change but if you look on the board of directors still the same board of directors it never changes I, my management company has changed about four times yeah since so I'm my management dinner. company has changed seven times yeah, since I bought insane. my property and I'm always like because I'm always looking for a number for them and I'm like who the fuck am I talking yeah. to um, I've I went back and reviewed all the history of ours and then I put it up on the like associates group and I was like the board of management has never changed but these they're just hiding money but us like where you live and where I live these are all like uh, built in the Celtic Tiger and you can tell that they are they threw these fucking things up like I have not right now because it's not cold enough but when it gets cold you'll get mounted damp yeah yeah and I had a guy come here before to check it for me and he told me they'd have to remove all the panels outside and I'm like I have so damp- I just have to live with damp for the rest I've of my life. A, I've damp at the back of my property over my back door, and I had an engineer, an independent engineer that I paid to come out. Yeah. Um, because I was putting an argument against the management company because they wanted like, what did they want? Oh, they wanted to clamp my car. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, if you don't pay us a certain fee for like parking, we're gonna clamp your car. And then I sent them the deeds to my property and was like, I actually own the car. Yeah. Fuck space. off. I paid an additional sum for it. Yeah. I was like, also. You owe me 17 grand for all of the damage to my property yeah. that I've repaired over the years that I can't claim back off you because you haven't paid the insurance from yeah. what I can see. Um, and so I had an independent evaluator come out and he was like, we have to take the entire the back of... Oh, and he was like, because I live in a duplex, he was like, we have to take all of it off. The guy that lives above yeah, you. That's what the guy he was like, me. He's like, it's millions of euro for all of these houses to be done. The guy said to me, he was like, just get some paint, specific paint for damp. And I was like, great. Yeah, like it's so unhealthy <laughs> this to be so, breathing that in. Like I don't have it at the moment because it's not cold enough. But say, say like 
December, January, and that yeah. shit kicks in. Oh my god, and it really affects Colin because of his yeah. asthma. And I'm like, oh, and I want to move, but then I can't move because everything is so expensive. expensive. I can't deal with it. Like I was looking at apartments like two or three weeks ago, and I was like, I'm not going anywhere. People in uh, Kilmainham got handed eviction notices today. This property that has like it's like a three story apartment complex. I can only imagine it's the one above, you know, the one above the four star pizza where that guy lives that sells all the mm. really I'm nearly sure they got served eviction notices today because the guy who owns that building is selling it and it's going to be commercial Shit. use I'd, or I'd say it's going to be hotel hotel 100% um, which is we're giving out about everything fuck 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 fuckity fuck, fuck. fuck them all anyway lives. welcome to Murder Most Irish happy Halloween mm. hey mm. Mm. I'm drinking wine to dry and wake up how do you say happy in Irish uh What's happy Christmas? What's happy birthday, love? Right along the ditch. Mm. Ten minutes later. Um, yeah, I shouldn't be drinking wine. To Why? Because it's not working me up. It's going to like put me to sleep. But uh, uh, this is our Halloween episode. Um, we asked people to send in their spooky dooky stories. And they did. And we will read them those stories back to you. I sound like now I'm on an episode of My Favourite Murder, which I don't mean to be. Why, what's what? Because Karen always says that. What did she say? She says, You sent us our stories and we're going to read them back to you. That's. I'm not trying to rip them off. We are. It's where we got the idea from. No. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. <laughs> like, realistically, though, watch They call, didn't come up with the idea. No, they didn't. I'll tell you who was who was two of the first ladies to come up with that were Kerry Pritchard McLean and the lovely, what's her, uh, and uh, Rachel Fairbairn, or all killer no villa. They were like the. Probably the first podcast to do this, like two ladies talking about crime on, on a podcast. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were. I'm, and they were before My Favourite Murder. As oh, well. really? Yeah, they were. Yeah. All Killer No Fellow was before them. And My Favourite Murder just took, wouldn't you be devastated <coughs> if you were All Killer No Fellow? Well, like, I think that the thing about them is they don't really care because, like, they make money, they're stand up, so they make money on their stand up. And, like, the podcast is just kind of like a side thing. And they don't release episodes every week, it's quite sporadic. So, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it sporadic. Why didn't we take that model? Because we don't have uh, other stand-up careers. No, but we have lives. Where we don't have to do <laughs> things and, like, you know, they don't have to go to work Monday to Friday to have 9 to half five. Yeah, but so why didn't we do the sporadic model? Why didn't you tell me about this? Why didn't you tell me I this don't No, I don't know why this weekly thing started. We did no research. I never said weekly. It just happened. It just happened. We never said we'll do this weekly. We never said that. Did we not? No, never. It just kind of happened that Give we were like, hand. we'll do it every week. And now I just I'm would like, like to tell you. That I love you. I love you too. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. I know you won't be here for it. With me. No. You'll be with your other person. Who won't call. What do you do for name. Halloween? Same thing I always do. I give Have out a little and give out best cut dress. Have a little party. What are you going to dress up as? Do you know? No, I'm, I don't think I'm going to dress up this year. What? Yeah. I'm very busy and I haven't had a chance. And it's just super last minute. And I think there's nothing worse than like... Last minute costumes for women are just like, I'm going to do my makeup. Sexy nurse. Um, um, you're not gonna do. You're not gonna dress up the same. I then. was gonna do Winnie because I've got the hair yeah, for it. Yeah, do it. Um, I would really like to be Poison Ivy because I find her very attractive. Oh, do you could do that. Um, but I don't know. I'll see. I'm going to pick up Lily's costume tomorrow, so when I'm there, I might have a look. But like, I'm not. Lily's dressed up as police officer. She told me this. Yeah, I'm really. Di- I'm really disappointed. She's a cabin all, all yeah. the way over the place. Like so. What's it, where did this police officer? No come idea. From? No idea. It just came out of nowhere. She's like, I'm like left a field. I'm part of the guardie now. I thought she's going to be Pennywise. Is That's she going to be a guardie or no. a police officer? Police officer. Is she going to have a fake gun? Yeah. 
She's like, I want a fake one. And she keeps getting annoyed because I keep saying, go look like a security guard. Stop annoying your child. <laughs> Why are you annoying her? Because I don't want to be her little pig. No, she's going to be look adorable. Come on, and she's going to look so cute. I did get her. She has a hat now. And then I was trying she to. She is going to look adorable. Michaela has an electric car that Koi owns. Okay. And I'm trying my very best to get her to give me a lend of it so I can put a little police uh, siren on that it. That would be fucking hilarious. Um... So yeah, and it, we're doing that. Like I think that's all we're gonna do. We've got the kids coming. We've got tons going on. I've started to. Well, I've got all the stuff to make what we're yeah. making for Halloween. Right. So yeah, you're gonna have a lovely time, and Lily is going to look absolutely. Are you gonna? Are you, uh, is, is there gonna be trick or treating down in Yvonne's? Uh, I won't be in Yvonne's. I'll be in Edinburgh that night. We're flying back that night to Edinburgh. Oh. Yeah, so we'll be. I'd say Edinburgh's amazing for Halloween. Uh, yeah, they do like loads of like festivals and stuff, and because there is those festivals on. They're really Actually, that's the other thing I'm doing. I'm going to the. Um, I, really but what are you going to Cork on Sunday? Uh, I'm going to Cork on Saturday morning. And you coming I'm back? I'm staying till Sunday night. Oh, okay. and then we're flying out to um, Edinburgh Monday morning. There's a great festival on, and um, this comes out on Wednesday actually. So if anybody is in Ireland. Or in Dublin and is listening to this. It's free. There's tons of free events. So Eventbrite have all the Dublin, like, Sowon events on. Yeah. And in Dublin Castle, they have projected uh, the Aurora Borealis in the cool. middle of... So we're going there on um, Sunday. That'd be amazing. Sosta is happy in Irish. Sorry, I just remember. So- Sosta. Sosta. I say Father A-S-T-A. Now, am I wrong? Let's find think- out if I'm wrong. I was racking my head there. I was like, what the fuck is it? Irish for happy. Did you hear anything I said to you? <clears throat> I did. They're going to project the Aurora Borealis and you're going to go... Happy Halloween is... What's that word? Iha. Iha. Sauna Honaditch. Sauna Honaditch. Yep, that's it. Iha Sauna Honaditch. And so I think happy is Sosta. I think... Or maybe I'm thinking... No, that could mean something very different. Yep, Sosta is her. Shosta. Here, do you want to know how crazy the Irish... Tommy language? not Sosta. Tommy not Sosta. <laughs> no. I'll make not sauce I'll make a bum. It took me like a couple of seconds to get what you were saying. I was like, um, the Irish language is so intense. Wait until I read this out. Um, I've just gone off on a tangent because I've become like obsessed the past two weeks about Irish mythology. Um, I asked her one day what the word for hole was. She replied, do you mean one dug into the ground by an animal? That's you ochus. Or made by a fish in a sandy riverbed for spawning. That's so her. Or is it hollowed out by hooves of beasts and filled by rain? That's plobon. Or if it's a lobster hiding in Ah, one, it's fuck. Or if it's being created by a hideaway by a a wild beast, it's pothos. I just thought, no wonder we don't speak this anymore. There's too many words for one thing. There's too many words for one thing. I just need to know... How to say dug out a hole in Irish. Like that's what, like I was like this is. A hole is a hole. And sometimes Jim does say things to me about the Irish language about like I'll say something to him like give me, tell me the word king in Ireland Mm -hmm. or like king in Irish and he was like oh well there's king meaning the one to rule or there's king meaning the one to like fight. And I was like can you just tell me what's what's king? In general. King in Irish please. Yeah our language is a lot. Um, And we don't speak it anymore because it's those like bastards. Sauce Nick Bastard. Although I did buy the Hiberno English Dictionary. Just English Dictionary? No. It's called the Hiberno English Dictionary. Oh, it's English Irish and Irish English. It's this weird mix of 
<laughs> so it was during like the famine and then it all from the famine. We had on. that in school. No, no, no. This one is like it collates and there's only one of them and it was written by one guy oh, and it went out print. It and it's all you know the way sometimes people would say, um Are you going to the shop sure you are? Mm-hmm. That is part of like Hiberno Irish oh, English. Oh, okay. Because it was like a gibberish that we used to speak when the English would ask us questions so and we didn't want to. We didn't want them to know and what we were they saying. And they would be like, oh, that's Irish gibberish. And yeah. then it like slowly just like wormed its way into our language. Crazy, isn't it? So it's like sometimes we say things that honestly, when like if I think about them, especially if I'm speaking to someone that English is Ir- like in- not even English isn't their first language, that they're not from, from Ireland. Ireland. Um, and they'd be like, well, when I think about the way we say things yeah. and it's like this one guy and he collated it all and it went out of print and then this one company I think it's Mayo Books owned the rights to it um, and Blind Buy was like I'll pay I'll like I'll announce it on my podcast will you print it that's amazing and so they print it and I bought it and it's that's so cool that's amazing yeah. yeah no I think sometimes when you talk to people that are Irish like a certain like even with Flavia sometimes I'll say stuff and he'd be like what do you mean and I'm like oh yeah no you don't that's not a way that you say I'm sure things. people listen to this sometimes. Like, you know, like, the Irish people, when they're having a story, they go, and then I went, when they're saying that I said something. Yeah. And Flavia's like, what do you mean you went? Where did you go? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. So I do, but when he says it, I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, because that's not, yeah. it's not correct English. <laughs> no. Because it's not coming from English. So, um, but yeah. So I did have a question for you. Go on. I know last year we did the Halloween spooky stories, mm-hmm. but... And I think I asked you then, do you have a list, like a spooky story? Do you have none? Do you have none that like the when you were a kid? The spooky stories that I have is when my grandmother... So I always thought your house would be so haunted. No, no. My grandmother told us, always told us that she grew, grew up in a haunted house. That was always her thing, that she lived and grew up in a haunted house. And that she would hear, um, like when they went to bed at night, she would hear footsteps coming up the stairs. Like that was where she always heard that. Like, And then sometimes they would see like light coming along with the footsteps, like someone was holding a candle. That was one, and then my family were obsessed with the banshee. All Irish families. Oh, they used to tell me stories about the banshee. It's kind of gone away now. And we had an old house behind, beside my grandmother's. Uh, a man called Johnny Brady owned it, and uh, there was a story going around that a banshee used to sit on the wall and comb her hair. Yeah, yeah. There, and when I tell you, when I used to have to walk past that house yeah. in the daylight, two o'clock in the day, yeah. I'd be like, can't look at it. So yeah, we were surrounded by that sort of stuff. My, but I never experienced anything. My grandmother. Annie used to tell the story about the banshee mm. and she used to say I heard the banshee and she'd be telling you she heard the banshee and then she'd be like and then the next day because apparently it, they, they, they mean, it means it's going to be death yeah so she'd be like the next day I woke up and Johnny O'Reilly was dead yeah they cry for the Max and the O's so they cry for anybody with like an Irish surname I know that was never some like in my in my family's telling of it it didn't matter your surname. Oh, they were going to get She was going to get you. The Panshee was coming. And then she leads you to order to drown you. That's the whole thing. So when she sings, she sings. It's like, it's not singing. It's like a wailing. I heard wailing. Yeah. So when you follow her wailing, she leads you to water to drown you. Because she's a scorned woman. That's the whole thing about it. It's utterly it's terrifying. Like, you know, my, uh, my grannies, my grannies, we've been around in Arthandra where we yeah. used to live. Pitch black dark. There was no street lights. Nothing. That place is That's like. That's the one thing about your mom's house. And you would like hear time. like because there was so many stray cats around and yeah, to be killing each other outside. And I would be in bed going, "Is that a bunch of years cats?" Yeah. It's clearly not that But like this thing, I've never experienced anything, but I've just heard stories growing up that petrified me, but I never have ever seen anything, experienced anything, felt anything, nothing ever in my life, which I'm very glad of. Yeah. Because when I read, <laughs> that, when I read that Reddit thing on Instagram, you know the Fuck way. Fuck yes. Can't do it. Deep, 
deep what's what's it called dark again? dark team reddit dark dark team reddit yeah so the, they put up stories from reddit on instagram and it's just people having experienced weird things fuck me like, you know what goodbye but it's not even like sometimes it's like <clears throat> like what's this called the afterlife for like spooky yeah, 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 or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. and then other times it's like genuine things that have happened to genuine people someone's trying to rape me like I had there was that one um girl who was like I went camping in the wilderness I don't think I know this one. Oh my god Tommy. Tommy she was like I went camping in the wilderness and she was like and I went off track okay um and I'm sure it was in the Appalachian is it the Apple oh the Appalachian mountains Appalachian Appalachian mountains Mountains. yeah 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 and um she was like I had like it was back in the day when like you'd bring like a camera but she was like it's a digital camera she's like and I woke up and there was pictures of me asleep no (laughs) like yes no she's like and it wasn't when I woke up I didn't read like she was like I didn't wake up and like look through my camera that is a genuine fear I have she was like I'd gotten up and like obviously gone about my day packed everything up then checked her camera and she was like and then I was taking photos and I looked back back. and she was like and someone had taken photos of me asleep that in my my tent and that and then me seeing myself in another car driving past me I know those two things are like but the idea of someone like you know those two uh, girls that were murdered I think I believe they were Danish those two Danish girls that were murdered Murdered, I think it was in America or no maybe it was in America I can't remember anyway they were hiking and uh, they found their bodies afterwards but they were murdered but they had had a like a film camera with them yeah and whoever murdered them was like taking pictures so they were taking pictures of the tent so they killed them and started taking pictures and then just put the camera down after killing them and left so they developed the pictures and it's just pictures of like their feet and like a tree in the dark and, st- and that to me is so terrifying that's terrifying that is, but it's like down the hill. Down the hill, like down the hill is so scary. Um, but there, did you see that that, that uh, update about down the hill, which is very frustrating? So there's a guy that they interviewed initially, an older man who does actually look like the guy in the video, but everybody can look like the guy in the video. Do you know what I mean? I could look like the guy in the yeah, video. Yeah, but they interviewed him because he lived on the farm beside where they were, and then if they found out that he had li- he had told his brother to lie for him as to where his whereabouts, and he died of a heart attack. He did it last month. But do they have DNA? No, they have nothing. They have nothing. Apparently. They're not saying. They're just not saying. But apparently he was one of the chief suspects and then he had a mass heart attack and died. So that case is deeply frustrating. Also, I was just trying to find it there. Um, There was a guy on Instagram. I believe he's a preacher in Missouri in the United States. And he was doing uh, an Instagram update about... uh, He believes there to be a serial killer in Missouri that was targeting black women. Because a number of black women had been found dead. I think I've seen this guy on TikTok. Yeah, been found dead. And he was saying, listen, we're talking to the police about it. The police are telling us we're exaggerating and nothing has happened. And then more black women kept disappearing. So uh, last week or the week before, it's just from an article, a 22-year-old black woman who was allegedly abducted and tortured for weeks, locked in a Missouri basement, say she was not the only one, who was held captive by 39-year-old Timothy Hazlitt Jr., a white man who's been charged with her rape, kidnapping and assault. So she got out of the house wow. and he had like uh, handcuffs bound on her. her. He had bound her. He had raped her repeatedly. And she told the police that he got my friends. I'm not the only one. I survived. They didn't. <gasps> so the police are now saying that she's the only victim that they have so far. But that's obviously not true because they spent about nine hours pulling shit out of his house the other day. Like files, camera stuff, documents, all this stuff. So they're obviously not saying what else was found before they can build a case against okay. him. But that man has had time to kill all those women because the police... 
Missouri just being racist fucks would not listen to black people being like there are black women disappearing off the streets we don't know where they're going they're gone this is clearly the work of a serial killer but it just took that one girl like how long more would he be doing this for if that one girl and you know what the fucked up thing is he lives with his mum what so he has he has he's in the basement and the mum is upstairs so whatever he's been doing down there like he's been torturing them she's upstairs so the whole thing is fucked and it just goes to show the ignorance of police to be like we don't believe this because black people are and that is what it is baseline they were like we don't believe this because it's black people telling us that this has happened the, the African American community but I just I saw it the other day and I was reading it about it and I was like this is a tale as old as time the amount of times this has happened look at your fucking Jeffrey Dahmer you know what I mean like this shit and it's because that was a little black boy and they were like he was like oh that's my friend uh, they were like okay go ahead this boy is bleeding from his anus yeah. but you take him back yeah but it just you know people are like oh times have changed since Dahmer no they haven't, haven't. No, they haven't, because racism is uh, absolutely in their blood at this point. But um, yeah, I was just reading about that and I thought it was desperately sad and I hope that guy fucking rots, to be honest with you. But I just thought it was funny when the police were like, we don't have any more uh, victims. But you are dragging mountains of computers out of his property and files and pictures and like his people were filming what they were doing. But it's like that fucking, that child sex ring that was in, in, I think it was Las Vegas. And African-Americans have been telling the police for weeks there is something going on in that house and it's illegal. There are children being brought in and out. We've tried to stop it and we've been threatened. And then eventually one of the kids got away, ran to the police station and then the police intervened. There's children being raped in a house. Oh my God. Like, what are you, like, anyway, that was really frustrating for me the other day. I was like, fuck. Not to <coughs> take away from that story because that's terrible, but I did see a funny thing. So you know that Jeffrey Dahmer show, which I haven't watched, but mm-hmm. in it, apparently they play this like, do you remember in the 90s, like late 90s, when like monk chanting was in rave songs? Mm. Like for like a period of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was one, a massive yeah. niche. Yeah, for like a on. really short yeah. period of time. Anyway, Desire. Um, do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like a thing on TikTok where apparently one of the, that song, that one I've just done, gets played in like this scene in Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. And this girl's like, I was wondering where I heard this from. And then it cuts, you know, Tropic Thunder when oh my God. the monks, you know, the two gay yeah, monks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Robert Downey. <laughs> it's just like holding hands with uh, Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, yeah, yeah. Both, like monks, <laughs> like, <laughs> like monk chanting songs on. Not me, Mila. Monk chanting was a very niche market for about, yeah. And all the videos that I remember from that era were all like black and white. Black and white. And they were all like, <sighs> and there was always like one of those like you know those screen screen white things that were like on places yes yeah that's all i remember about them but they were very but i remember being like is sex going to happen yeah things like that you would think sex like, is gonna happen. like is sex about to happen there, it does sound like a bit of sex is gonna kick in you know what I mean? but yeah no that's mad i didn't know that i haven't seen anything I've i'm seen not gonna lots i'm not gonna it, watch that I, show I, you know i'm just not watching terrible things I'm me just neither like, uh, what's a nice thing unless i watch it apart from bad, bad sisters but you know that's fine because I wanted that the last I wanted that episode of hell so good. I was delighted I was like oh, I'm delighted uh, yeah. no spoilers here mm-hmm. Um. anyway shall we start stories hey Colin tell us about the Patreon sure thing Lily Pops Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. 
That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon. Featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most International for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even Music Most Awesome where we talk about our favourite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan-favourite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite, plus our monthly Ask Me Arse segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two. So what are you waiting for? Come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euros. Um, I'm wondering if I um, do I have any spooky stories? I do have one. It's not. It didn't happen to me, but but it happened to my mum and my auntie, and I remember them telling me about it and me being like, "Fuck right off!" <laughs> like me being like, "I don't want to know anymore." Yeah, when people tell me stuff, I'm like, "I don't care, stop." Like, because like, uh, then I know. Leave like, me if somebody alone. Somebody tells me something, I'm like, "I have to go to bed tonight." But it does end with a funny bit. Go on. So. Um, my mom and dad, my mom and my, my mom's house, so, mm-hmm. which my sister now lives on, is in a place in Ballyferma called Lafonia. And, um, Lafonia Road was the original, um, like, boundary line of Ballyferma in, like, the 1940s, 1930s. Mm-hmm. And right across the Lafonia Road, which is now called the Lawns, because we are really uncreative with our parks. <laughs> That used to be all farmland. So from mm. there to like here where we are now was just all farmland. That's mad to think about. And right across from there was um a graveyard. So right across there's where Gar used to live. You know yeah. when you walk into the lawns there's that one great big hill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an old graveyard. Oh wow, I didn't know that. And they dug out all the graves. Jesus. Because the graveyard was like hundreds, hundreds of years, years old. old. Okay. Um, But... When my par- when my mother was younger, that was still an old graveyard and they hadn't dug it out yet. So my mom remembers them digging out. My mom and dad remember, because my mom and dad have been like friends since they were like nine years old. My dad remembers them taking like bones and skulls. My dad remembers them playing with a skull. That's crazy. Because it's like 50s and 60s Ireland where no one gave a shit. But anyway, when my par- when my mother was growing up, that was a graveyard and around the graveyard was a wall. Um and my auntie Cora was going out with my <coughs> uncle Cormac who's like no longer with us and my auntie Cora like at one point wanted to be a nun she's like weirdly religious could you imagine my auntie no. Cora no anyway she's like weirdly religious she was in like the Legion of Mary and everything That's like gas. was like I'm going to be a nun Um, and right. my uncle Cormac used to walk her home and he used to like wait like leave her outside my hmm. grandparents house and she said that there was this one night and my mom's like I I was because ha- my auntie Cora my uncle Cormac used to bring her home and they used to have like a little kiss on the wall right um, and my mom used to like drive my auntie Cora nuts she was like banging on the window being I'm like gonna- leave her alone <laughs> right get yeah. off it or I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my dad kind of thing and she said that she saw it too so my auntie Cora was like what's that and my uncle Cormac looked over and on the grave she was like there was like this tiny shape and it was wobbling 
She was like, it was like really wobbling, but she was like, it was moving up and down like really fast. But she was like, so my auntie Cora was like, what the hell is that? Like, what is that? Um, and my mom was like, the same thing, saw it. So my mom came down and my auntie Cora and my uncle Cormac and my mom all stood at the front of the house and like watched, watched this thing it. for a little while. And then we're like, we couldn't like, make out what it was couldn't make out what it was but it was moving so fast and it was moving in such a weird way she was like we were both like all of us were terrified so she was like we all went back inside and Cormac came in with us and she was like and we she was like we turned off the lights and we sat inside and just kind of like sat there for a little while and like gathered thoughts and she was like after a while we were like it was like a bag or it was something or blah blah blah, like just you know leave it alone so they had like a cup of tea and then later on like a couple of hours later my Cormac was like I have to go so my auntie Cora like came out let him out and when he came out he was like it's on the wall which was like right across the road from my mum's house so right, my mom's house is like a little road for parking and then another road and yeah. then like the like park. My Uncle Cormac was like, it's right on. So my yep. Uncle Cormac even, my Uncle Cormac was like, Sarah, I ran home. My Uncle Cormac lived in Bluebell. He's so terrified. he was like, I ran home. He was like, gone, up the road, blah, blah, right? So then my Auntie Mary, no, then my grandmother came home. So my grandfather and my grandmother were out in the pub. They came home and my mom and my Auntie Cora told them what happened. Yeah. Now my grandmother was like a real prankster. Yeah, I oh, know. Um, so my grandmother was like, go to bed. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. And then like a couple of nights, so this, like they kind of, forgotten about it moving yeah, past it yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Sorry. a couple of nights later my auntie Cora was coming home again with my uncle Cormac <coughs> and me. she was due home at whatever hour it was late they were like standing outside having a little kiss and my grandmother had hid in the graveyard like waiting for them to come home and not only has she hid in the graveyard she had brought like a three foot statue of Virgin that's Mary that's so mean <laughs> why did she do that to them <laughs> I would have shaked my pants <laughs> immediately evacuated she my house. like snuck up behind the wall Smoker. and then put like a, she said my auntie Cora said she had like put like a cloak or something on the Virgin Mary like a plastic bag or something wrapped around it so she, like, she was like Ooh! <laughs> and she, my auntie Cora was like your uncle Cormac just left me <laughs> which yes same it's like just ran away would have been gone my uncle Cormac was like yeah I fucking left yeah. you he's like that's not at home that's so funny that uh, she did that yeah she hid in the graveyard but to get them they see Oh, still, my, like, my grandmother's house, I know I've spoken about my grandmother's house, and there are moments where I genuinely think, like... Something's going on. No, there are moments where I think, like, nothing like that exists, and, like, but then there are moments where, like, it's me and Richie, both, so my grandmother died in the front bedroom of that house. My nanny's house was always the most terrifying house to me. Yeah. I never felt safe in it. I never felt comfortable in it. Nikita used to tell me when she was little, she used to be like, there's a woman, like... No! She used to be like, there's, a, wo- there's a woman standing at the end of my bed and stuff like that, she's saying. I'd be like, well, just fucking ignore her. Oh, no. Um, and I'd be like, well, I'm not coming up to get you, so you can come downstairs. Stuff like that. And Anyways. Leon used to say that a woman used to stand over, and he used to cry and say, there's a woman, a woman standing over me. Anything like that, like a, somebody standing at the end of your bed or standing, like that kind of stuff. Like, I find angels terrifying. The idea of angels You've is so terrifying. you ever seen so what the depiction of angels look like? like the the or, like the original with all the eyeballs fuck me yeah like but even that like you know people talking about my art my mom is like archangels are seven foot tall I'm like mom that is terrifying terrifying that in your room huh no absolutely not that um, is so scary but my grandmother used to always my grandmother was always up to shit like that but um my I remember me and Richie being in my grandmother's house so we lived there for a period of time and me and my mom my sister and my 
me, mom, Michaela, and my brother all shared a room. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, me and Richie had bunk beds. And he will back me up. Yeah. We were... Me and Richie were on our bunk bed. Yeah. And we were both in the bottom bed together. And we were watching telly. And the bed that was in my grandmother's... In my grandfather's house. Yeah. Was the bed that my grandmother died in. Okay. And he will, like, 100% Hashtag. like... Something... <coughs> Go. Set on that bed. No! You felt the dip? We saw the dip because we weren't on the bed. And um, the down. telly turned on. No, telly turned off. And both of us just looked at each other and got up and left. Like, we were so that terrified. terrifying. Um, but that's like when my mum's partner passed years and years and years ago. He passed away from cancer. And I remember, like, my mum will say stuff to me and I'm like, please don't say that because that's really scary and I don't want to hear it. But my mum doesn't, my mum's not afraid of stuff like that. It's almost like she welcomes it because it's this idea of like, oh, nothing is, you know, finite and there's other things beyond yeah. this life. And I get that. I understand it. But I remember when he passed and uh, the night that he passed, obviously, we all went to bed. And grief can do a lot of things to you. Grief can make your mind go a bit... But I remember the next morning we got up and she was like, oh, I saw Jerry last night. And we were like, sorry? And she was like, I saw Jerry last night. He walked in, he took off his vest and he threw it over the door. That's what he did every night before he went to sleep to keep the door ajar. And he said, hi, Kathleen. And then that was it. And I was like, right, well, I don't want to know that. Because I'm currently in this house and that yeah. is terrifying. But I do know, obviously... I grief did, is a, I Graham will tell you like visceral when granddad like, died I did I think I've told you this yeah you did yeah yeah like and obviously I was incredibly close to my granddad as like I've just told that story I lived with him mm. um but when he died even though he had cancer and he was older and we were all like I was glad when he died because he was out pain yeah I like Graham will tell you I got up and I was like he's here yeah I remember you talking I got, you and I remember talking to him and stuff he was on the stairs I'll never yeah. forget it he was in on the stairs of my house yeah I could smell him yeah that's ugh. like I my grandma had a really distinct scent yeah um I could smell him and I got up out yeah. of the bed and I opened the bedroom <laughs> door and my hall was like gorgeous yeah so my landing was like it was warm yeah it was like really inviting. It had like this golden, like, do you know the golden era when yeah, the sun yeah. was in? And he was standing on the stairs and he turned around and looked at me and then he just walked down the stairs and I was like, where are you going? Like, come back. Oh, no. And Graham woke up and I was standing in the landing and I was like, he's he's here. No, no I didn't. Graham woke up and I, Graham woke up to me being like, he's here, he's here. And I got up out of the bed and went into the hall and I was like, he's here. And Graham was like, who's here? And I was like, my, my, my granddad. Close that door. <laughs> and let you do whatever you need to do um, and I don't think my granddad was there I think it was just grief I just really missed thing, him and I needed like I needed you needed that I needed, needed to, to, like, to say goodbye and yeah. I think that's what, what it was on my mum as well not discrediting what she saw or anything but I do think it was that thing but my where... mum thinks that she has like a connection to the afterlife a lot of people think so that so my mum like says that on the night my grandfather Hef- Heffernan so my granddad Richie died who died really young and who died really suddenly she said she woke up and heard like that. So we used to have an aluminium door. So this this always makes me discredit her, because when I was growing up, that door used to like and the slightest wind. Be like, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it was aluminium. It was fucking dumbest like yeah, design the worst thing you ever. Could put on a door, yeah. yeah, we had an aluminium door, and she said that she heard the door knock. And she said she heard it knock three times. She got up out of the bed, and she said, as she got up out of the bed, she saw somebody like so. Our aluminium door had like 
big frosted glass. It was a big glass door. And she saw somebody turn around and walk away. And she says to this day that it was my granddad. And she said, then the phone rang. She said, literally, she said, I got to the top of the stairs. She said, I saw the guy turn around and like walk away. And the phone rang. She said, the phone rang. And I was like, that could just be someone at the wrong door at the wrong time. And she's always like, no, no, no. But I do, I do think there is a generation of people that, as I said, it makes, it makes them because they they grew up religious as well. They grew but up religious. But I also think people died lives. really younger for very no reason. young. Yeah, people were just dropping like my that. nanny you know died when I mean? she was fifty five. Yeah. Like my nanny died when she was fifty four. My granddad died when he was fifty five. I apologize if that's incorrect. My granny McCormick. But like, yeah, it's mad. I I think that there is a generation that are like we, because they're so their lives are so heavily based in religion that it's the idea of there being something after that. Whereas I think us we tend not to be like that. So it's a comfort thing. It's like when I see people going to mass seven days a week in my village that's a comfort thing that's like I have some there's something else there looking out for me and I'll be okay when I die and I think a lot of that is what it is but I'm terrified of ghosts and I don't believe them but yet I'm terrified of them and tonight I will sleep with that light on yeah because you've told me this story and now I'm thinking now we're about to read all these stories okay I'll start we're gonna start our stories the first oh thank you to everybody on patreon facebook and patreon facebook is that it I didn't put it up on instagram because we have 6,000 followers and I was like I'm not I can't do this We'll just get... <laughs> so I didn't put it up on Instagram. So this is more succinct. Um, so Marcia Monroe. What a great name. That's a great name. And her sister's name is Trudy. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. What's your family? Who are you? Marcia and Trudy. Trudy. My sister Trudy and I are huge fans of the podcast. She was the one who introduced me to it. Oh, thank you, Trudy. We grew up right next to my grandparents' house in a rural area of Nova Scotia. <gasps> That makes the names make sense. Nova Scotia is such a great name for a place. It's beautiful as well. I've, I've, I've never yeah. been, but I've seen pictures of it. It's stunning. The house was moved from its original location and had an upper floor added as well as an extension by the time this happened. What do you mean it was moved from its original Obviously location? Obviously they went... They picked the house up? Yeah. Clearly, yeah. That's not a thing that happens anywhere else. What happens in other places? Should they do that with pubs and bars and things like that? They pick up the original... And go, should I ever see those videos of like people on the highways in, in the States with houses yeah, in the back of their Yeah, but it's not really common anywhere else within the States. Well, this must have been a while ago, I'd say. Arr. So the house has moved from its original location and had an upper floor added as well as an extension by the time this happened. The original house was built, as far as I can tell, around 1870. Fuck no! By our great-great-grandfather. Over the years, it had a few families living in it, including my grandparents, for most of their marriage, which lasted 63 years. Wow. It saw a lot of happy times, but like most old houses, over a number of generations, saw a lot of deaths too. After my grandfather, Arklo, died. These names, man. This <gasps> is the best... Mar- Marcia. This is the best story. Died in 1999. Spelled A-R-K-L-O. That's a fucking great name. Is it Marcia or Marcia? 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 Uh, my grandmother went on living in the house. <coughs> what was, was his name? Arklo? Arklo. Spelled what way? A-R-K-L-O. It's oh, a great name, isn't it? Yeah, we've got... Uh, that's where... Town. Rebecca, uh, Rebecca lives at the end of it. Um, was very capable despite her advanced age, but had become quite hard of hearing by the, by that time, time, sorry, and wasn't particularly enthusiastic about familiarising herself with her hearing aid. So a lot of the time, we had to speak really loudly to her to make ourselves heard. On the night this story took place, my sister and I were visiting with Nanny. It was after dark and we were just sitting in the cosy kitchen chatting and probably eating. It was a little bit windy outdoors and the house was making the normal creaky noises. Old windows rattling, wind in the eaves, ocean quite nearby, pounding on the shore. I want to live where these people are. Yeah. Uh, There was one sound though that wasn't normal. I started to become aware that I could hear two people talking. The voices were distinct, as in you could tell them from one another, but it was impossible to discern what was being said. 
rather like when you live in an apartment and you can hear people next door talking loudly through the wall. I was looking at my sister and she was looking at me and we could both tell that we were hearing something strange. Not wishing to concern my grandmother, I got up and went into the living room, thinking that maybe the TV had been left on with the volume low. It hadn't. I would have got a gun. I went back into the kitchen and turned the radio on and back off. That also wasn't the source of the noises. I think one of us went upstairs as well, just to check if there was anywhere else the voices could be coming from. There wasn't. The sound, which seemed to be coming from the vicinity of the far corner of the kitchen ceiling. (gasps) The ceiling? Carried on for a while and then the voices just faded away. We didn't tell Nanny and despite the fact that we spent a large percentage of our childhoods in the house, we hadn't heard them before that night and didn't hear them after. We were never scared in the house, but even though it's still standing, Trudy owns the place now. Ah. Trudy! We both agree that we always had the feeling that there was someone watching from the top of the staircase. Burn the gaff down! (laughs) And that neither of us want to live there or sleep in the place. But she lives, she owns it. She owns it, but they clearly don't live there. They gave it to someone else. (laughs) They're like, yeah, this house is definitely not haunted. (laughs) Anything in the sea. Right. You know that movie Hereditary? Yeah. Genuinely, I watched that once. Yeah. And I shall never watch it again. <laughs> because it is so dis- it is so terrifying. Like that, that. It is disturbing. Like anything to do with stuff on the ceiling in the court, like is the most frightening. Like someone there is like, oh, there's somebody there. But just to like look up and something's at the top of your ceiling. Like, yeah. you know, that scene where she, the mother is like scuttering across yeah. the wall. I couldn't deal with it. Thank you that so movie is much. Fucking it's horrific, terrifying, and I j- like. I don't think there's a lot of really scary movies. Like a lot of them are just stupid. Colin's walking me home. It's Colin's stupid, uh, stabby horror shit. You know what I mean? It's not frightening. That shit is terrifying. Yeah, I really want to go see Pearl. Me too. I really want to go see Pearl. Yeah, but I fucking need to get off TikTok because people keep putting up like. Oh, I'm. I should not my for and shit. She's everywhere on mine, and she's so beautiful. It's such a pity her husband's a cunt. Marcia, thank you so much for your story. Uh, good job not living in the gaff and just give no, it. No, just live there. <laughs> we need to follow. Just all. giving it to like. Uh, do you want to do Nikki Smith? Sure. Who did you give it to, Marcia or Trudy? Thank you, Marcia, and also to Trudy as well. Mine's a nice one. Who's it from? This is from Nikki Smith. My granddad died a couple of years ago before I was born, so I never met him. He was a metal worker and made all sorts of fab things. My grand had his toolbox he made and a pan for making paratas. What's a parata? Is that like a type of... Is that a bread? Spell it. P-A-R-A-T-H-A-S. Paratas. It's a flatbread. <sighs> It's Show me. native to South Asia. Prevalent throughout the modern nations of India, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Nepal, and Bangladesh. Nikki, can we come to your house uh, for this dinner? This looks fucking amazing. <gasps> Look at that. Oh, fuck yes. We're going to make parathas. That's the next thing we're doing now. Sarah is, I'm not. I'll make it. One day as a kid, I was found playing with a small toolbox. With a small tin box I found. Turns out it was a box he made, which had his initials carved into it. My grand thought it was lost years before and apparently when she asked where I found it I kept insisting it was just placed in my room. Mm. Not sure I believe it was spooky shenanigans though. I could have just been lying my arse off. No, I think that's very sweet. That is really sweet. And like the fact that they couldn't, she couldn't find it and then it randomly turns up it's in off. a bedroom. Mm. I told you about when my grandfather died and I used to sit on the stairs and talk to him. They should have just gotten rid of you. <laughs> second you were born I have like so my grandfather died when I was incredibly young I think he died when I was three yeah and I have like distinct memories of my grandfather that's mad that's mad that you still have now there is a whole like 
thing where like like a psychologist probably like their transferred memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, like you've heard you somebody heard, else talking about it, and then you've like inferred yeah, it as your yeah, own, yeah. which happens a lot. But I remember like now at the same time I was feeding Fla- Fraggle Rock in the VCR, so like you know who knows. Who knows what was going on? What was the name of the person since The lady's name is Nikki Smith. Thank you, Nikki. That's a gorgeous Nikki, story. Nikki, that's a beautiful and story. And I think your grandfather was being kind and gave you the little box. And I'm sure, your gra- I'm sure your grand took, like, great comfort yeah, in Yeah, I mean, like, like... That's what I mean. These things are, like, but either it is terrifying those things. or comforting. Yeah, yesterday I was making apple pie. Yeah. And um, Lily was helping me. And I just had this moment, because I used to make apple pie for my grandfather. And I was like she'll never yeah. she'll never know my granddad yeah 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 it's mad like, isn't it like generationally such a big part yeah. of my life because I didn't know my gra- my mum's dad he died years before I was born so I didn't know him and I, oh, the only thing I know about him is what my mother has told me do you know what I mean yeah the only thing Lily would know about Morris is and she quite often writes like she'll draw like pictures and put like the name Morris on it and she yeah. spells it wrong because he spelled it like M-A-U-R-I-C-E and she spells it M-O-R-R-I-S yeah but like it would like I'd love to know if he was like I'd love it if it was a possibility that he was looking out for I know, her. I know, I you know. You know that kind yeah. of way? But also terrifying. Yeah, terrifying at the same time. Yes. Like if she came into my room tonight and was like, There's a man at the end of my bed, I'd be like, Well, we're just gonna burn that room. We're, we're just, actually just gonna close away. the door and yeah. never go in there again. Yeah, but I'm there now. Yeah, no. Um do you wanna do the next one? No, you can do the next one. That one's really So the next one is Elena Hearn. Again, not really a scary story, but definitely beyond the grave type. Um Elaine is definitely Irish. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I've always had the feeling of being watched in my bedroom in my parents' house. Actually, can I tell you a, name of a, a story about the name Ahern? Tell me. Because this is something that happened to me a long time ago and sometimes I still feel guilty about it. So <laughs> I used to work in a place in Edgewardstown and there was like this girl working with me. She was from Dublin. Was her name Elaine? Was, no, her surname was Ahern. I can't remember her, her, her first name. It was Leslie. Leslie Ann. Okay. Leslie Ann Ahern. That's why I know that because it's part of the story. Okay. So... Uh, we were I was chatting to her one day and everybody was sitting around in the canteen and uh, she was like um, oh but people used to make fun of me because of my name for years and I was like why and she was like oh you know they would, I, I was because her name is Lesiana and I was like oh because of Lesiana lesbian and she was like no they just said I had a hernia <laughs> and everybody just went quiet and I was like I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. In like, it just came out of my mouth. Before. But I knew because she was young. Like, I could see that she was like, no, a hern, a hernia, and I was like, oh. so I just made my uh, excuses and left the table. So apologize to Leslie Ann Hearn, and I believe she was become, going to going on to become a meteorologist. She was a very cool lady. Oh, okay. But apologies to the, her and the lesbian community. Uh, no one in the history of the world has ever made a joke about someone having a hernia because her name is a hern. She, she lied. Like, she was like, no, like a hern. A Fuck off, Leslie. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, a lesbian. <laughs> oh, like a lesbian. <laughs> and immediately the place was so quiet everybody looked at me and I was like, I thought that's what it was going to be. Anyway, apologies to that woman. Go on, sorry, I apologize right. for Elaine Ahern. Um, actually, Elaine, you can probably validate. Has anybody ever slagged you? I called you Elaine a hernia. No one, no. like, Lily just, no children know what a hernia is. But she told me in the night. Fucking Egypt. I said a boogie. Um, not really a scary story, but definitely beyond the grave type. I've always had the feeling of being watched in my bedroom in my parents' house. Just nope. n- never, why would you stay there? Nope. I used to see flashes of figures, but it wasn't until I was nine or ten that I saw a figure fully. It was tall, broad. It was a tall, broad-set man dressed in Victorian-style clothes, all dark with <coughs> with a hooked nose, 
and a worn-looking face. I never felt scared of him. He was always standing in my doorway like a protection. And when I moved out at 19, I stopped feeling his presence. Sorry, you did this for how many years? How many years was this, this man in your ten, doorway? Ten years. Immediately would have called the police. I would have been like, somebody's in my house. I was like, how is that comforting? That's terrifying. I also have one brother and four other sub- siblings who were lost by miscarriages. Oh, gosh. My dad used to tell me from a young age I was protected by these children, again as an adult. He told me how he would check on me before going to bed and see figures of four other children in the bed surrounding me. Sorry? Sorry, excuse me, no. This is trauma. Tra- Elaine. Elaine, I will pay for your therapy. Elaine, that, you, you did that with this for 10 years and then you were like, I moved out and it's gone. No. No, call the police and your family. I don't think I've ever, like... I told you about the time I was in the... um, My mom, not me, but I did feel something pull my my trousers. Yeah. uh, In the the hotel. (laughs) And my mom... And you wouldn't go... Like, the third floor in the hotel. I remember, like, being on the second floor and someone being like, Sarah! Calling your name. Apparently that's a very common thing with, like, the ghostlies that they call a name. They call their name. And uh, I remember like ringing down because like I was in the main house. Were you like somebody looking for me? Kind yeah, of I rang down and being like, who's looking for me? And uh, actually Leslie Ann was the name of the receptionist. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Full circle. Um, She wasn't a receptionist. She was like the wedding planner, but she, she was down at the desk. And I was like, are you looking for me? And she was like, no. And I was like, someone's like, someone's calling, calling me. And she was like, Sarah, you're the only, like, it's only me and you in the house. And I was like, right. And I just thought it was like, you do that thing where you're like, oh, that's, uh, I just heard. I just heard a random thing. But then two days later, because all of us worked there, fucking, like, honestly, my entire family ran this hotel. My Auntie Cora was in the house doing the same thing I was doing, had done two days previous. And um, she rang down to reception and and was like, asked me. And she was like, here, what do you want? And I was like, what? And she was like, someone's like... Were you calling me? You called her, yeah. And I was like, no. And I went up the stairs to her and both of us 100% heard someone calling her name from the third floor. Shut it down. Shut it we down. We used to get phantom phone calls as well in the hotel. You telling me that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So quite often we get phone calls from rooms where we knew no guests were in. <laughs> and the house, the property was incredibly old. Like, incredibly old. Like, maybe four or five hundred years old. Um, Burn it down. And, um, yeah, we used to get that quite a bit. And then my mum had a thing where she taught it was the gardener playing like playing tricks she thought the gardener was trying to sneak up on her oh and she fully saw like a man come to the window and she opened the blind really fast to like scare him and there was nobody there haunted oh you know that place is haunted because the day I was in cleaning with Lorraine me and Lorraine were in the old part of well the old chalets which used to be the stables um, and they used to be the servants' quarters, and then there was like the tunnel that went under yeah. Captain's Hill and Neeksup. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was on a bed, bent over, and I just as clear like Emma, something came up, and, and me and me and Ryan were the only ones there, and like grabbed me like that, like pulled my trousers, and I and I literally was like, Lorraine, give it the fuck up, and I turned around, and was up, well, I was gone, I was up, yeah, I would be the same, and I abandoned her, yeah, I, I think I would do that, I went Fully up to the main that. house, and I rang Lorraine in the like, uh, we call them the chalets, which is not a good word for them because yeah. that's not what they were, and I was like, uh, you may you may get, get the out, fuck out of there, there yeah. and I'm not coming to help you, like, oh, no. yeah, so many haunted places. There's so many haunted places. Like, I always think when I watch those shows where people are buying dilapidated houses, I'm like, that's haunted. 1,000% that is haunted. Yeah. Like, so many houses in my mouse village, I'm like, haunted. 
Your mom's house has to be haunted. I fully could think the front Didn't room. Didn't the other room. person that owned the house died? Yeah, the front room of the, my bedroom. Uh, I'm fully convinced. Yeah, I slept in the front bedroom yeah, and I, I hate I it. I don't sleep in there. I sleep in the other bedroom whenever I'm home. Okay. Alyssa Rose. The house I grew up in was built in the 16th century and was the site of a murder during the Civil War in England. A duel took place in what became our garden and one of the protagonists was killed. This Imagine is living in a time when a duel crazy. was just like... People just... A duel! Yeah. Madness. This incident was part of the records of the house and my family were aware of it um, many centuries later when they bought it and moved in. It became clear to them that there was something weird about what would be later my little sister's bedroom. Every time an adult slept in that room, they would be woken up at 3.47. I don't need this right now because I keep waking up at like half three in the morning. Do you want me to read this? No, it's okay. 3.47. It's not half. Don't they say 3.33? No, shut up! 3.33 the witching witching hour. hour. Um, Woken up at 3.47 in the morning by a massive dark presence in the corner and then their face would be forcibly turned towards the wall. That's sleep paralysis. That is fucking terrifying. What do you mean forcibly turned towards the wall? Like that. Like who would turn their face? The man in the corner. So they're, like the person in the bed, their face would be forcibly turned. they're lying in the bed and there's somebody in the corner and then they could just feel their face being like... That's sleep paralysis, lads! Jesus, my aunt occupied that room before I or my sister were born and my father would have to walk her boyfriend's home the next day because they they basically shat themselves in the night. My aunt was used to it and didn't give a fuck, but my parents made sure shit to sell the place before my sister and I grew old enough to see it. They only told us about it years later and my sister actually went pale and said the black shape had a name (gasps) and she talked to it as a child. It was the same name as the bloke on the records as having died in the duel in the garden. What was the name? She didn't say. She said, edit mass, they said, edit massive fan of the podcast and absolutely love your work. I now live in Brazil and got really excited when you mentioned Brazilian politics recently. Obrigada, gente. Beijinhos. Aww. Uh, thank you so much that's absolutely terrifying and I hope your family burned the house down forcibly like turned like absolutely not no 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 to all of this you all need to move out of your houses immediately and burn them down yeah like that's the only thing about these places they're newly built but then I'm like are they built on a grave oh, this land is really old like land is re- that's the dumbest sentence I've ever said there's definitely all land is old <laughs> there's definitely like something probably underneath here I feel this like there can't be land. where all the farmers buried, buried the bodies but very close to here you've got Clondalkin which was like invaded by the Vikings and yeah. it was like a bloody battle of Clondalkin I'm telling you there's dead bodies underneath these like a bloody mangling each other um, I'll do this one and then you can do Beth Beth so Tele Patterson I don't know if this counts as spooky, but two, year, two years ago, two of my sisters were pregnant at the same time. That is spooky, but the same guy. <laughs> same guy. And as they were my mum's first grandkids, she was going a bit mad buying for both of them. One day, my nana said to my mum, stop buying things for Bev. And my mum was like, I can't buy for one and not for the other. And my nana kept begging her to just stop buying things for bad. Bev. I was getting a bit upset about it. Oh, no. I asked her why she was so adamant not to buy things for bad. Bev, and she said she'd had a dream the baby wasn't going to make it. About three weeks later, my sister Bev lost her baby. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's horrific. That is incredibly awful. It wasn't the first or last time she had dreams like this. Almost predictions. I was always terrified she'd dream about me. That's terrifying. That's terrifying. Your poor sister. I'm so sorry to hear that. 
Nana's. Oh, Your poor grandmother. Oh, there's more Nana stuff. Uh, another freaky thing with my Nana was when she was getting hassled for, from some teens in her street. She went outside and they were shouting things at her and she shouted back, don't you worry, my boys, you're going to get what you deserve. And two days later, they were in a serious car accident and three out of four of them died. No one ever hassled her again. She's a witch. I love your Nana. Your Nana tele- Can we be friends? Is it Telepatterson? Telepatterson, yeah. Your grandmother is a witch. I kind of love her and I want to write a movie about her. Yeah. Just remember this one whilst thinking about my Nana. I'm a non-believer like Sarah, but I have had one spooky experience that I can't explain. I live with my Nana from 11 till I was 27. And when I was about 12-ish, I remember I was laying on my bed, probably probably reading when I dozed off. I rolled over and woke up, opened my eyes all sleepy, all sleepy-like, and saw a man's legs next to my bed. No! Why is there always a man? Like suit trousers with sm- shiny smart shoes, really old-fashioned looking. I quickly looked up to see who it was, but there was no one there. To this day, I can't explain it. I felt like I was fully awake. I remember the shoes so clearly, but maybe it was a hugely vivid dream. I just hope I never see a man in my room. Ever. Do you know what? <laughs> just no men in my room. Just Flavio. no, just no men out. in my room. Thank you so much, Telly. Your grandmother is uh, amazing. And apologies, uh, condolences to your sister, but also I want to write a movie about your granny. Yeah. She sounds amazing. Also, is the house that you were in, was it old? Like old typey shoes. Old typey shoes. Could have been. Men, just men need to... This is the thing. Even in the afterlife, these cunts won't fuck off. <laughs> like piss. Off, <laughs> creeps. You dirty creep. Dirty fucking creeps. So this is Beth from Patreon. Strap in, lads. This is a long one. Mm. Yay! So this happened to a male relative in my family. Let's call him Colin, rather than me. It happened when he was a teenager. He told me this story when I was about ten years old, because I mentioned my friends were going to try to use a Ouija board during a sleepover. Where do you even get a Ouija board? Immediately, no. Immediately, no. Like no. I mean, but like people sell the like cute versions of Ouija boards on Etsy and stuff. Don't be fucking with that shit. That was like I like because we grew up right. Like obviously Ireland is deeply rooted to its like. I know I'm going down the rabbit hole of like myths and legends, but like the stories I grew up with about fairies yeah. and banshees yeah. and I was fucking um, terrified of fairies. The black thought, coach. I never thought like fairies were like a cute little thing. Fairies were fuckers that when you stood on their fort, they put needles in your bed at night to to punish you. That's what fairies were to me. They weren't like cute little fairies. No, no, no. Fairies were, were like evil fuckers. A cautionary tale. Yeah, they were evil fuckers. Um, like I mean, grew up with like our great myths of like our great legends and folklores of like. Um, Cullen and yeah. like all of that stuff so what was the point of me saying this yeah so like in Ireland like you just didn't fuck around with no. the afterlife you stay well away from that shite like don't go near like Ouija boards are terrible I would honestly I would not use a Ouija board ever like, but people do people regularly do it like so I mentioned my friends were trying to use a Ouija board during a sleepover. He looked at me with wide eyes, looking very pale, shook his head repeatedly and asked me very seriously not to do it. He was rarely serious with me, so this was very odd. He then told me that in his early teens, he and his friends had used a Ouija board at one of their houses. This was in Northern Ireland in the late 70s and 80s. Was there not enough going on in the the North? There's enough problems. You had enough problems. (laughs) 
We'll bring our Ouija boards into it. I actually told a really funny joke. Your name is very proud of myself. Oh, so I was telling a story about Jim being in the park walking his dog. Yeah. He was in a graveyard walking his dog. And I was like, he was on the phone to me for like two hours. And the guy went to me, how big is this graveyard? And I was like, it's the north. There's a lot of dead people up there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> God bless the north. Um. Anyway. This was Northern Ireland in the late 70s, early 80s, I think. God knows what their parents were up to that they didn't notice a Ouija board in the gaff. Fighting the Brits. Yeah, they were trying to stop us from being colonised. That's what they were doing. Anyway, they were messing about with it taking turns asking it questions and it came to Colin's turn. He decided to be a smart aleck and asked it when he was going to die. He said his hands were guided over the letters as if someone else was doing it and spelt out his name. One letter at a time. C-O-L-I-N. He was scared shitless, obviously, and wanted it to stop, but he couldn't will his hands to move. He said the piece in his hand was guided towards the numbers on the board. It spelled out a date, the date he would die. I asked what the date was. As morbid curiosity, ten-year-olds as a ten-year-old would, but he wouldn't tell me. He just point blank refused. Let's say for story's sake, it was the fifth of the eleventh, ninety-one. He said years later, years went by and he'd completely forgotten about it. Finished school, gotten a job, and was living up in another town. One evening, he was driving home to visit his parents after work, and it was raining heavily. It was windy. It was pitch black outside. Standard chilly Irish weather. On the drive home, he got into a freak car accident and was oh, taken no. into hospital where he regained consciousness and the doctor told him what happened. He realised the date when he was filling out his hospital f- hospital forms. It was his death date, the 5th of the 11th, 91. He couldn't believe it. The chances of him getting in such a bad accident on this date were so small, but he'd survived. His car was wrecked, but he was okay. He asked after the driver of the other car, hoping there was no injuries. The accident happened so fast, he had no idea what happened to the other driver. He found out that the man driving the car was killed by the impact of the crash. He felt lucky to be able to walk away and felt extremely guilty about the crash. It was no one's fault, just an awful accident and terrible weather. He found out the dead dead man's name. He wanted to send his condolences to the family. His name was Colin. No! So the Ouija board was right in the end. It told him Colin would die on that date. It just wasn't his death date. He talked to the police and walked away with no serious injuries, thankfully. He obviously still has some survivor's guilt about it, but he made me swear I'd never use a Ouija board and I never have. P.S. Just a note to say that Colin should definitely do more episodes. Yes! And Sarah Jane, I would love to hear more stories from Jim and Belfast. <laughs> we just mentioned it. <laughs> thank you for being such a lovely, thank you for being such lovely, sincere people. Use our gas. Thank you, that Beth. That fucking story, Beth. Also, Beth, Jim had a fight with his neighbour in that graveyard while walking his dog. <laughs> what are you fight with him? <laughs> like a full blown, like, go on, go on. <laughs> I fucking hit me. Like, while I was on the phone to him and I was like, eh. Uh, <laughs> And he was like, I know his neighbour. And then he, like, I heard the whole thing. And he picked up the phone and he was like, this is my neighbour. And I was like, all right, should I go? And he was like, no. And then when he left the graveyard, him and his neighbour got into like full bow fistcuffs. Beth, thank you so much for that story. That's absolutely frightening. And I can't, like, imagine the guilt you would feel. Like, because it's not his fault in any capacity. Don't do Ouija boards. Don't do Ouija boards. I would love a Ouija board tattoo. Yeah, that'd be, that's fine. Is that? 
No, probably no, not. No. Um, that was such a great Thank you story so bit. much to everybody for your stories. They were amazing. I love them. Uh, I need to know. I need to write a movie about that Nana because I love her. She's amazing. She sounds like a badass she bitch. She sounds like a badass bitch. But thank you so much everybody for your stories. Um, we hope you have a really good Halloween. Fabulous Halloween. Look after yourselves. Be careful. Um, and these. we hope you carve turnips. Carve if you turnip. want to like the original pumpkins. Carve an ill turnip which is and terrifying. they're fucking terrifying. They're terrifying looking. A carved turnip. Yeah, frightening. Because they're not meant to be carved. They're, 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 they're meant to be carved in No the but they're not meant to be carved, carved in the sense that they're an awkward looking thing. And they just look wrong. In every capacity. I always think they'd make a great, you know, in Beetlejuice where the little man with the little head. Yeah. Yeah. A, tur- a, turnip, a turnip would make a great one of them. Um, enjoy the gourds. Do whatever you're doing. Um, Be safe. Mind out for, uh, if you live anywhere near me, to the little fuckers throwing bangers at people when they walk off the train station. You? They're doing it the other night. I was walking home from yours. Mm. Why didn't you tell me? That's fine. I was like, I just went fuck off. And they just didn't I'd be me. like that granny. Um, but yeah, because they'd set a fire then just across down where that they keep that horse and then I was worried about the horse so I went over to make sure the horse was okay and the horse wasn't there so I was like okay and then as I was walking back across there they just went and they were throwing there were people coming out of the train station they wouldn't be throwing anything at me yeah, anyway be careful watch yourselves be careful watch yourselves happy Halloween have a great happy one happy Halloween and thanks so much for listening Jesus Graham, I'm after checking the pod bean, we're after getting a bad review, he's after giving us three stars, said we don't do enough research, call up Emma Dare, we're cancelling the podcast, oh Jesus. It's after midnight, and Jack is screaming in the living room, you get a message from Sarah Jane and you don't know what to do Is this a dream? You click the link and shadow and you see it You start to scream This total stranger's not impressed with you And he left a review This show is filler How first night You better do some research and not talk about your life This show is filler Potential tonight. Ooh, listen up, Sarah Jane. It's me, your bad review. I'm a coming to get ya. Listen up, you feminists. Your podcast shit. I've made a list on things of which you must improve, and only then will I approve. Your private lives are dull as hell. For much too long on them you dwell. This topic's will I can't condone for more than half an episode. Just do some research, both of you. The story must be learned by two for you to live up to potential you must show me your credentials and though i give to you three stars this podcast not a winner i have first mess i must confess this show is mostly filler